Welcome to the Rennie Podcast, a podcast about the real estate market and the people connected by it. We seek to empower our listeners to make informed decisions while providing context for the real estate world around them. We hope that with every episode, you become a little more knowledgeable and a lot more curious. Today, we're discussing the latest residential real estate data across the Vancouver region for June 2021. We'll focus on our three key insights. One, inventory and sales slowing down. Two, prices flattening out after what can only be described as a historic run-up. Three, the employment numbers moving in the right direction. My name is Bone Bean Posey, Senior Housing Analyst here at Rennie for the past four years. Joining us today, as always, is Ryan Berlin, Senior Economist and Director of Intelligence here at Rennie. And we are excited to welcome Eric Zamora, a real estate advisor with Rennie for the past five years and a Medallion Club member meaning he's in the top 10% of realtors in Greater Vancouver. So Eric, thanks for coming. Nice to see you in person. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be with uh, you both here, two of the best. And it's nice to see you in person because, yeah, it's been uh, seeing you both report from, from a screen and on the stats and everything. So yeah, this is this is amazing. Yeah, nice, nice to have you here. And you're off to a showing pretty close after this is finished? Yes, yeah, usual uh, afternoon showing, um, sort of part of the program, yes. How far do you have to go? <laughs> um, out to Burnaby. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Ryan, nice to see you. How was your uh, little vacation? Good to see you both. Uh, yeah, got away for a few days. It was, um, got out of uh, cell phone and Wi-Fi range, so uh, hit the reset button, and uh and I'm ready for more vacations this summer. <laughs> yeah, I was texting you about some of the uh, the baseball games. I wasn't sure if you were upset at me or just didn't have service. Yeah. So, uh, it was that. I swear, I was no reception. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell people. <laughs> right on. So yeah, it's definitely been um, an interesting month. The market's kind of changed a little bit. We had a conversation the other day, Eric, uh, about this. Um, so we'll jump right in here with insight number one. Inventory and sales counts trended down in June 2021. So, I mean, we had almost 6,000 sales in June, um, but this was below May again, obviously below April and below that kind of March high. So definitely coming down a peg, um, but inventory uh, did that as well, uh, where inventory decreased 7% on a month over month basis, the first time it's decreased in four months. So kind of both sides of the market kind of took a step back uh, in June, 2021. And Ryan, I'm not too sure if you want to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, usually when you see sales accelerate or decrease, there's a predictable impact on supply or inventory. Um, When you see sales pick up, inventory often is drawn down the number of available homes for sale. And usually when, you know, all else being equal, as the economists say, you know, when sales slow, inventory tends to accumulate. Um, And as you said, you know, that's not really what we've seen recently over the past month where sales have been slowing for a few months coming off of um, the all-time high in March of 9,000 sales. But new listings have slowed as well, so we're not seeing that that buildup of available homes. So the market is still, you know, still relatively tight, <clears throat> um, maybe a, a lower equilibrium than we had before, a little less active, but, um, it, you know, it still favors sellers. And, you know, I, I, I think what's happening is we're at the point in BC where 80% of the eligible population has at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, 41% is fully vaccinated. And those are quite high compared to 
um, what we might see in the rest of the world. So we're making good progress there. I think people have confidence to get out, to see each other. People are pining to see family and friends and to go on vacation. We're now as a province in step three. So there's a lot, things are a lot more open. And I think <laughs> doing podcasts I, in person. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, doing podcasts in person for the first time in a while. Yes. And um, I think, you know, for the first time in a long while, housing, perhaps the, the sale or purchase of a home is not the number one thing on people's minds. And so I, I think that's manifesting in just, you know, a slowdown on both sides of the supply and demand ledger. So, Eric, you mentioned when we uh-huh. chatted that uh, comparative market analyses or CMAs have been more challenging as of late. Maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about what they are and why it's been a little bit more difficult here in June. Yeah, totally. So, w- with the CMA, you might prepare it. Well, you would prepare it for um, if you're going to be working on a new listing for a seller. And um, with the CMA, you, you, you know, you're typically going back uh, anywhere roughly three to four months, depending on how many results of sales you're able to pick up in that time frame. And, um, you know, when you're trying to decide what's the appropriate price, a lot of that basis is based on sold prices. So when you compare, uh, let's say, April and May to June, you know, you see quite a difference in sort of um, what that sales activity looks like just between those months. Um, Same thing when you're working with a buyer, you know, um, a buyer will look to you to... um, sort of advise on uh, how, how appropriate do you think this list price is and, and what would be um, suitable to uh, uh, make an offer uh, at what price. So then, you know, you might see that in this neighborhood, this particular house sold for this in April, whereas like they have another house that sold not quite that price in, in June. So then I think the challenge is, is um, uh, being able to, to really um, sort of decipher and, and um, analyze the numbers a little bit like, a lot more, um, I guess, with detail, um, and then sort of determining uh, what's what's appropriate from there. So, it, it's quite evident, like when you look at the April May, and then you go to June, and it's like you can see the shift uh, mm-hmm. quite quite clearly. So, it is challenging because it's like when you see that the the June numbers have changed uh, compared to the previous. Um, some might think like, oh, well, what's happening in the market? Is it slowing down? And and some might think on the surface that that, that is the case. But then, you know, we were talking about this the other day that um, it, it really is uh, product uh, dependent and it is neighborhood dependent and sort of like what you're looking for because um, you still might run into like quite a bit of competition um, on the buying side. Yeah. And I know that you gave an example the other day that maybe you could share with our listeners about a, a townhouse in Fleetwood or... It, it was a detached house. Okay. Um, so uh, this kind of goes back to like the last year and a half. We saw a lot of activity going to the Fraser Valley, especially in the detached market, looking for extra space, looking for a backyard. And, um, you know, I was telling Bowen that this was on the weekend of Canada Day, right? And, you know, we're talking about summer, everyone taking vacation. You probably take the Friday off and then and then make that a long weekend. I mean, um, our, our head office was like barren that yeah. that, that Friday <laughs> for sure. People are taking it off. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like disconnected, like Ryan was, right? No reception and and uh, and and just enjoying, right? But uh, you know, sure enough, this house uh, receives eighty-two uh, individual showing appointments uh, over those amount of days on the on the opening uh, sort of uh, weekend. And then it, it goes for, uh, I think it was about 260000 uh, over asking. So it is um, a good example that, um, you know, although people may be away and whatnot, but 
there's still buyers out there that are looking for a particular type of uh, home. So I think, you know, we're seeing that in a lot of places, even still in Langley, Coquitlam. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, if you're looking for like a two bedroom condo in Metrotown, then I think for the most part, you might still have a little bit of flexibility to to look around and, and compare and not necessarily be in a bidding war for that uh, particular type of product. You know, what I find really interesting is that <clears throat> when you when you have 82 showings and, you know, obviously there can only be one, ultimately one buyer, um, you yes. have 81 parties that presumably are still looking for something similar. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, that's interesting because we hear about these m- multiple offer scenarios or, you know, significant number of showings for individual properties. And we know that uh, not everyone can obtain that property. So, you know, that there is, you know, in a sense, there is some latent demand in the market. It may not Mm -hmm. manifest itself in a sale and create a, you know, a data point that we can identify in the near term. But I think, you know, when we look ahead, even past this summer, um, when people, you know, I believe will become sort of reanimated within the marketplace, um, I think that's evidence that there there probably is some fuel in the tank from, on on the demand side of the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, perfectly said. But with all that being said about a slowdown in the market, which is um, it's observable, uh, you know, since March and through uh, June, there still were, as you noted, Bowen, you know, almost six thousand uh, MLS sales throughout the Vancouver region last month in June, which is you know, quite high. If we look at it in a historical context, it's uh, 47% above the number of sales we had in June of last year. Granted, it was the early days of COVID, but the market was starting to turn around and get its footing. So we weren't sort of at the depths that we saw in um, both April and May. And the 6,000 sales that we tallied in June were more than in any single month prior to COVID going all the way back to June 2017. So the buyers are still active, just not as active as they were. Mm-hmm. And typically, inventory actually rises at this time of year um, by 2% between May and June you know, over the past decade. And this year, it fell by 7%. So um, the fact that inventory is still relatively constrained in the face of relatively robust demand um, is having you know, has had somewhat predictable impacts on on prices. That's a perfect segue for insight number two, which is prices have flattened out here in June 2021 after what can only be described as a historic run-up during the pandemic. When we look at the Greater Vancouver board area, so um, the market kind of north of the Fraser, prices are still up, median sales prices are still up year over year uh, by 10%. Look south of the Fraser in the Fraser Valley Board area, prices still up year over year by 24%. On a month over month basis, though, they have kind of remained flat or even dropped off a little bit. So for the Greater Vancouver Board area, down by 0.1%, so just a sliver there. Uh, and in the Fraser Valley, down by 2%. Uh, Eric, I'm not too sure if this jives with uh, kind of what you're seeing on the ground. Are you know are prices flattening out a little bit here in June or, or not? Uh, what are you seeing? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think a big contributor to that is that we we may not have um, multiple offers happening, you know, left, right and center, like what we were experiencing from January till April, May sort of thing. Um, you almost felt like it didn't matter where the property was. It was like you were already prepared for a multiple offer just because of the limited uh, inventory. So now that we're heading into August, quite naturally, 
we always see um, not as many listings um, if we look at it from a seasonal standpoint, um, just because uh, everybody um, prepares for summer, prepares for summer vacation, especially if you have children. And, uh, and now we're in a more unique year um, with uh, restrictions being lifted. So now um, there's exciting things to think about re regarding like taking some time for yourselves, um, not necessarily thinking about putting your place on the market. So I think, I think with that decrease and then also, you know, there's obviously a decrease of buyers um, that are also uh, busy with summer that kind of caused those price levels to sort of flatten. And, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it still maintains itself because, you know, when, when we had a year like we did this year, um, it's very common that you're, you're going to be on the hunt for a property with your buyer. Um, and uh, it's going to take time to find a property because you might, might not have been able to uh, secure a property with, during a multiple offer. And, and now the search just continues. So then um, it carries on into like the summertime. So, so that helps to sustain uh, things, I think. For sure. And I think <clears throat> when you look at the data, particularly on prices on a month-to-month -month basis, there tends to be a lot of noise in the data. So, you know, there isn't always a clear narrative when it comes to price changes from, say, May into June. Um, but I think what we can say when you look sort of, when you zoom out and you look a bit bigger picture, um, we, we do see more instances of prices increasing than we do of them decreasing. And that's why prices overall tend to go up over time. And that's largely due to the fact that prices are um, downward sticky. So mm -hmm. in other words, they're, le they're, they're less likely to go down than up. And, and part of that is a function of the fact that you're not going to sell your home unless you want to, or you need to. And I think, you know, that's an important thing to keep in mind as we look ahead and for what's in store with our market. Um, do I think prices will increase on, by 20% on a year-over-year -year basis for an extended period of time? No, I don't. But do I think prices will fall significantly? Um, I think we need to look at the, the supply and demand factors that are at play. And on the supply side, as our economy recovers, I don't anticipate that we're going to see a big buildup in inventory, which is typically associated with periods of softer prices or, or declining prices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking about the economy, Ryan, you are an economist, so I'm hoping you can elaborate here on insight number three, which is the latest jobs report from Statistics Canada was positive, showing an economy that in some ways is assuming its pre-COVID form. Well, yes, Bowen, as an economist, I'd love to. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we had a couple of months of data there. Um, so for April and May, that were kind of a mixed bag, um, not a ton of positivity in the numbers because Ontario and British Columbia in particular and some other provinces implemented, expanded at the time, COVID restrictions. Um, and so that did have a, a, you know, a suppressive effect on the economy once again, as COVID and our social distancing rules did early uh, during the pandemic. But you know, as the economies have opened up across the country, and that's been happening, um, you know, over the past month or so, we're seeing that reflected in the data. And so nationally, the the country added 230,000 jobs between May and June. Um, so it made up for, you know, all of the losses that we saw in the prior two months. We're seeing the, the pickup in jobs in part-time work, largely, um, uh, and that's a good thing because that is really like, 
that part-time worker, as we've said many times before, working in retail and hospitality was really, that was the group that was hit most directly by the pandemic. So mm -hmm. to see that part of the economy start to reinflate uh, is a good sign and a sign that we're getting back you know, towards some semblance of normal. And so um, when we look provincially, British Columbia is doing very, very well um, within the Canadian context. Um, we are the only province uh, whose employment numbers now are higher than they were before the pandemic, right before the pandemic. Um, so we've recovered all of our jobs, so to speak, and, and add a little bit more. Um, the unemployment rate has come down from the low sevens to 6.6% provincially. Um, so, you know, still above where we were before the pandemic, but a much better functioning labor market now with more people earning employment wages, uh, which is a, you know, provides a good foundation for growth as we head into the second half of the year. And then more locally in Metro Vancouver, um, we added uh, 22,000 jobs this past month. The unemployment rate fell to 7.4%, which honestly to me looks great, uh, knowing that we were at 14.5% a couple months into the pandemic. Yeah. But for people who remember that in February of 2020, the unemployment rate was 4.5%, you know, it's still, it's a sign that we have, we have a ways to go. So, mm -hmm. you know, certainly the number of unemployed people is in this region is about 60 to 70% higher than it was before the pandemic. So there's a lot of excess labor to be reabsorbed into the economy. There's actually a lot of underutilized workers as well, people working part-time, fewer hours than they'd like to, who will get up to full-time eventually. But I think, um, you know, at least insofar as the latest jobs report is concerned, the numbers are, are positive. And I do think barring um, something unforeseen on the COVID front um, that we will see from this point through the rest of the year, uh, maybe less of that two steps forward, one step back and more of a, a consistent progression of our, of our labor market. And so Eric, as we, you know, we talk about um, our economy getting its footing again and, and the, the jobs market improving, um, uh, this idea of going to work uh, or going back to work is looking different for many of us uh, mm -hmm. or most of us, dare I say. And I do think that that, that will be the case for some time. Uh, though, as with the condo market, I, you know, I said this early in the pandemic, but you know, the reports of the death of the office market or the office space, I think, have been greatly exaggerated. But I think we'll see some changes. So I'm just wondering if you're finding that, that some of your clients are, are making um, residential real estate decisions based on this new model of working. Like, I guess the extreme version of it would be that they completely discount or exclude consideration of where they work when looking for a home because they're not commuting or they're commuting so infrequently that it's not, you know, it's not a big variable for them. So, I mean, what are you seeing? Totally seeing that, um, much more commonly, commonly now, um, you know, especially, when we talk about the return to work, um, you know, reality is now is that a lot of companies have sort of restructured and, and uh, a lot of people can sort of work at home permanently now, even if uh, offices are sort of um, getting back into full swing. So, um, so I think um, even, even as a buyer um, that's going to buy it uh, to live in, or even like thinking about the potential resale of it later, like when you decide to upsize or, or go in, or maybe even move to a different area that, um, on the, on the list of sort of criteria, um, it is very high on the list to, um, ideally try to get maybe a den space, uh, with a one bedroom. Whereas before it was just like, 
not not exactly high on the list for everybody um and then also like even the floor plan like you know whenever whenever walking through uh homes on a tour like you know we're literally mapping out the living room like where would another workstation go um and uh is there enough room for the for the eating table plus the the workstation there yeah so essentially you know that would manifest itself like that that need for space or space demise in a certain way um, would manifest itself in, you know, more demand for bigger homes, or you can see where the desire for ground oriented homes, like townhomes and detached homes comes from Mm -hmm. on the condo side where space is just more constrained. Um, you know, I, I, I think you're going to see, um, a greater emphasis on some of the amenities, um, that, um, are included with some of these, um, new towers. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, with newer developments now that are, are sort of going to market, we're definitely seeing an increase in um, shared workspaces. So that could be shared workspace somewhere off the lobby. And, um, you know, if you don't feel like working in, in your condo, if you work from home, then, you know, there's sort of a, a way to get, get, get outside and, and sort of do that in a more collaborative environment. So um, it's exciting to see that. And, and now I can totally see everybody, you know, um, looking for for that when they go to uh, search for their their next place, um, and yeah, and I think developers recognize that um, more than ever now uh, for that need. So in today's Rennie podcast, we covered three key insights: one, inventory and sales slowing down in June. Two, prices flattening out after what can only be described as a historic run-up. And three, employment numbers moving in the right direction. Eric, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Just wondering if you have any final advice for home buyers, and maybe let our listeners know what the best way to reach you is. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the best advice, you know, especially like on the buying side is, um, you know, patience is really important, especially in, in this sort of market that we're still in. Um, you know, you, you very well uh, might find yourself in a still a pretty competitive situation with with a, a property that you're trying to uh, offer on, um, because you know at the end of the day, it's it might be a property that uh, everybody else still wants. So, um, I think um, having um, some form of strategy and and you know working with a professional that that, that you trust and that that um, is uh, you know there for you. Um, to support you because at the end of the day it, it is teamwork um and you know I, I think we can't feel disheartened if, if you didn't necessarily get that that one property you wanted i, I think uh, the right one will eventually come along so um that would be my advice um and uh, best way to reach me would be on the rennie.com website uh, or on instagram which is eric underscore z z e e Eric Zamora was taken, so, um, <laughs> and um, facebook.com slash Eric Zamora Real Estate. And Ryan, thanks for joining us as always. And Bowen, thank you um, in particular for this episode, because most of our listeners won't know, but this is your last episode of this podcast before you embark on a new and exciting adventure. We wish you all the best. We'll definitely miss you. Uh, maybe we'll see you in a year. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much. It's been a, a pleasure hosting the podcast and being on here every week with with you and all of our advisors. 
Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Rennie Podcast. To dig deeper into the data, be sure to check out our latest Rennie review and other intelligence information on rennie.com slash intelligence. To be the first person to receive this information straight to your inbox, register for intelligence updates. The Rennie Podcast is recorded on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, all resources mentioned in the episode can be found on rennie.com. Thank you.